Welcome to the Lend Academy podcast, episode number 282. This is your host, Peter Renton, founder of Lend Academy and co-founder of Lend at Fintech. Today's episode is sponsored by Lended Fintech USA, the world's largest fintech event dedicated to lending and digital banking. Lender's flagship event is happening online this year on April 27 to 29, with the possibility of an exclusive VIP in-person component. The verdict is in on Lender's 2020 event that was held online, with many people saying it was the best virtual event they had ever attended. Lender is setting the bar even higher in 2021. So join the fintech community at Lended Fintech USA, where you will meet the people who matter, learn from the experts, and get business done. Sign up today at lendit.com slash USA. So today on the show, I'm delighted to welcome Kat Berman. She is the CEO and co-founder of CNote. Now, CNote's a super interesting company. It's an investment platform that has been designed purely for social impact. So they invest in, and we get into this in some depth, as you can imagine, but it's it's social impact either you know for um, investing in minority communities, investing in climate change, green technology, that sort of thing, but really a platform designed to have you know every dollar going towards a you know, some sort of social impact program and now she has a, a cash product a fixed income product uh, works with institutions and individuals and we said so we get into all of this and it, it really is an interesting interesting company that just recently raised a round of capital and uh, which we talk about as well uh, it was a fascinating interview hope you enjoy the show Welcome to the podcast, Kat. Thanks so much for having me, Peter. My pleasure. So I'd like to get these things started by giving the listeners a little bit of background about yourself and what you've done before CNote. So can you share some of the highlights? Sure, sure. Prior to CNote, I was managing director at Charles Schwab. Um, prior to that, I was in venture capital for several years. And before that, I ran two successful companies. Okay, okay. So then... Where was it at Charles Schwab or where did the idea for CNote come from? Yeah, absolutely. So it was around 2015 and I was really seeing the confluence of few events. One was the rise in socially responsible investing. You know, we had been interested in talking about socially responsible investing as an industry, but really started to see the assets flow and not just from the millennial base, which is what we expected, but really from some of our largest clients. And so the excitement around being able to align your investments in a competitive way with your values was starting to gain more and more traction. Mm-hmm. At the same time, it was the presence um, and the acknowledgement of a rising wealth gap. And I think for me personally, it became very, very hard to continue to, you know, to, to acknowledge it without doing something about it. Um, specifically, you know, I sat in a cushy office in San Francisco <laughs> and recognizing the disparity between those who were you know, enjoying a healthy economy and those who were continuing to struggle purely because of where they were born, because of the color of their skin, because of, you know, who their parents were. And so the thought that crossed my mind is how can each of us play a role in creating a more equitable economy? I think for years, we've really relied on government sources to to kind of close that wealth gap. And what we found over the years is it's not enough. 
Um, certainly now and at this time of history, I think most of us are, are much more aware of that. But at the time, I think it was still an argument of, of should we do something about it and how can we do something about it? So my thought process was we absolutely need to do something about it to address right. the wealth gap and that financial innovation was the way we could do it, that really unlocking the power of our investments, particularly cash and fixed income, presented a historic opportunity to really address the rising wealth gap. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so then how would you describe your mission? Because I know you're a mission-driven company. So what is the mission? We are. So we use the power of financial innovation to help close the wealth gap in this country. Okay. Okay. So maybe let's dig into that. Let's, uh, why don't we um, you know, dig into the different offerings you have and how you're actually trying to close the wealth gap? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, our thought was was twofold. Number one is use the power of investments, but a number two, use the power of technology to make it easier to invest in what we call community investments, right? And so what I think, what I uh, observed over the years is there was a lot of innovation as it related to socially responsible investing and investing with your values in the public equity space, but there was very little innovation in the fixed income in cash space. And so that's really the, the area that we focus on at CNOTE, which is how do we use the power of technology to make it easier to use your cash and fixed income in a competitive and socially responsible way. And so there's really two sides of our business. One is the product side. We create competitive, impactful products with your cash and fixed income um, allocation. And the other is the software side of our business is technology that enables institutions to identify, manage, and report on their impact investments in a seamless way. Okay. So then Let's talk about the, the first one for a minute and how is it structured? How, like who, who are you working with? Just tell us a little bit more detail. Absolutely. You know, as I shared, we focus on, on cash and fixed income. And a really great example of this is our cash technology. And in that, we are able to move um, millions of dollars, if not billions, into minority deposit institutions community banks, other deposit institutions that are really going to work for low-income communities and communities of color. But how we do that, again, is really using seamless technology so that our partners, our clients, such as large corporations like MasterCard, large foundations um, like the San Francisco Foundation, are able to count on us to move, again, large sums of money into these communities in a way that, again, is competitive, right? Because obviously they have the fiduciary responsibility around capital preservation and around competitive yield, but also impactful. And they also have the responsibility to do this in a way that's measurable and meaningful. And so we're able to, to do both sides of that, right? Really move those deposits in a way that is fully insured, FDIC insured and CUA insured, but at scale with trackable impact. Right. And, and I know that you've got, uh, I watched a video on your website and you've got some great stories of, you know, of, of people who were directly impacted by what you guys are doing. Can you, can you share uh, you know, one of those stories with the listeners? Yeah, and I, I appreciate you asking because one of the things we talk about is, is when individuals or institutions invest with C-Note, right, they're really affecting people's lives. It's not just an esoteric, I hope this company is doing something interesting with my money. There's some real individuals behind your investments and your deposits. One example I can give you is, is a, a very inspiring woman entrepreneur called Jamine Moten. Jamine is an African-American entrepreneur out of Atlanta. She had the vision years ago to create her own security 
company. She'd worked for other security firms, you know, security for large events, sporting events, and realized that, you know, they really were, were um, devoid of, of, of high quality service and, and, you know, kind of customer first service. And so she said she wanted to launch her own her own um, security. So she went like any any reasonable entrepreneur. She had to capitalize her company, and she thought, okay, so if I'm gonna if I'm gonna get this this started, how how do I actually get um, responsible loan, responsible capital to start this journey? So she went to her local bank, and she went to a few banks, and what she found was she was declined again and again and again. And again, smart woman, great background, obviously great business plan, but kept getting declined. And so, and and this unfortunately is the case that we see with a lot of black entrepreneurs throughout the country, right? Is they'll go to a traditional financial institution um, and not be able to access the dollars that they need to start or grow their business. And so fortunately for Jameen's case, she did not give up. She went to one of our CDFI partners or community development partners. um, And we have a network of them across the country that we work with that function very similarly in terms of providing loans. But the difference is, is they work with entrepreneurs like Jameen, both to provide accessible capital, fair um, loans, as well as technical assistance to really help them grow their business. And so fortunately, when Jameen went to one of our CDFI, our community lender partners um, in Atlanta, she was not declined. She was actually accepted um, and encouraged. And see, she started on that journey. She received her first loan and she was able to, to really grow her business. If you fast forward today, I'm proud to say that Jameen is a successful entrepreneur tracking to over a million in ARR, um, hiring local talent out of Atlanta. And her firm, Skylar Securities, was actually asked to be one of the security firms for the Atlanta Super Bowl. And so I share that to say, you know, the dollars that Jameen received, those that fair loan that Jameen got to start her business came through because of pipes like Sino, right? Came through because of what we were able to do with our community lenders to get those dollars that you or an institution have put in, move them through the Sino pipes along the way and get them at the end result, which was to Jameen. Um, and that's the type of um, effect I think all individuals and all institutions can have when they start moving their dollars from their traditional containers into some of these um, impactful, socially responsible cash and fixed income solutions. Right, right. So you've talked about CDFIs, you talked about MDIs or minority, minority depository institutions. Like how many do you work with? How do you select them? And there's, there's obviously, I don't know how many there are, there's hundreds, I believe. But what's your process? Do you work with any, any of these institutions that come along or how do you select them? Yeah, so um, we love speaking about the deposit institutions uh, in particular because we do think for those corporations, institutions, even individuals who are looking to step into this, sometimes the easiest way to try is through a, a FDIC insured account, right? And so the idea of credit risk or the idea of, you know, what's going to happen to my money is often a very quick, <laughs> quick conversation because, again, your every dollar is federally insured. And yet, just by moving those dollars into one of these institutions, you are able to create tremendous impact and and inspire and fund more of these entrepreneurs um, like Jameen. And so there is a very large network that we've created of CDFI banks and credit unions and continue to create them with some amazing industry partners. And we look at things obviously like financial strength, financial performance, financial solvency, track record, right? Um, Whether or not they've weathered past recessions, past, you know, economic downturns. And then we also look at impact, right? 
who are who is the leadership of those institutions, right? Um, who are they serving? How are they serving? And what we find is specifically working in the amazing CDFI industry, we're able to really move dollars into projects ranging from not just, you know, funding incredible, incredible black entrepreneurs, but also creating schools, low income communities, you know, building opportunities in food deserts, um, addressing some of the issues in rural America, native communities, really focusing on economic empowerment for women. So some of the central themes, I think that are really resonant right now as a country and specifically racial justice is sits squarely within what we work on with our CDFI partners and where your dollars go. I think there is, there is, you know, the importance of understanding, obviously, the strength of that financial institution, and obviously, the importance of making sure that your dollars are going to a place that reflects your values. Right. So can you just explain to me, because I really don't understand this, how is it that you can invest money, FDIC insured money, into a, into a small business that obviously is a pretty risky investment? Uh, I mean, obviously, through the CDFI, but can you explain the, the mechanics of that? Yeah, absolutely. So um, if you think about kind of two opportunities, one is a federally insured opportunity with the Promise account and the other, our CNO Promise account, and the other is a loan fund opportunity through one of our loan fund products. When you are, you know, most of the small business lending that that, uh, that we're doing is through our loan fund products, like the flagship okay. fund, which is right, uh, the one of our oldest products with millions of dollars going through it. Um, when you're investing in our promised account, it's really moving deposits, right? That's really where the federal insurance comes in, and then you are doing a lot more work on things like housing and consumer lending. So it's a great question because the, you know the question we ask back to our clients is, you know, what are you looking to achieve, right? Is 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 it return first? Is it liquidity first? Um, is it or a specific impact such as I want to make sure that I am funding more women like Jameen, or maybe it's I want to make sure I'm addressing the climate crisis. And so the beauty is because of we work with such a vast database of both financial institutions and impact, we're able to really craft something either bespoke for that institution or put you in one of our existing products that has the power of diversification, but has elements of, of those specific variables. Right. So just to be clear then, the, the, the money that is going out into the higher yield product isn't FDIC insured. Is that correct? Correct. Exactly. And it's really okay. important distinction. It's just like any you know fixed income and cash conversation. You right. as an investor have to decide, do I, want, do I want these dollars to be federally insured? If so, great, we have the promise account. Or do I want to have to, to, you know, to treat this as an investment and take on more risk return profile? And for that, we have a variety of loan fund products, but that's right. correct. Right. And tell us, tell us, I mean, a little bit about the bespoke product you said is some, a large institution might come along and say, okay, we want, you know, we, we want to, we want to do something um, that around climate change or, or, or whatever. And what, what do you do and how, how do you put something bespoke together? Yeah, that's one of our most exciting opportunities because, you know, one of the mantras we say at C-Note is impact is deeply personal. And so if I ask you, you know, what is racial justice to you, that may be very different than, you know, that, that what that means to your wife or what that means to your neighbor. And so one of the things we love is because we work across so many institutions with some such a large data set, we can actually hyper-customize. So for example, we may get a call from an institution that says racial justice means to me, I want to see more affordable capital go to communities of color in New York, 
We can do that. We can create a bespoke fixed income bond that just puts that money into the state of New York and addresses and provides fair access to capital for communities of color. We can also say something more thematic of, I just want to make sure that all of my dollars are going to native women entrepreneurs, for example, or perhaps to low income schools. And so the good news is again, because we work across such a rich data set, we, we can do that level of hyper customization, both on the impact, but also on profiles such as yield, maturity, and liquidity. And so I, I, I get like the entrepreneurs working with CDFIs and that sort of thing. How do you do it with uh, with schools? I mean, what's the vehicle there? Yeah, it's to be able to create. So if you think about the ability to build affordable housing, there's a similar need of to be able to build specific schools, whether it's early childhood education or unique, unique special education schools, right? Oftentimes they're going after a bond or some type of lending instrument to get it done. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's really where CDFIs step in is, is the ability to, to do that specifically in neighborhoods that perhaps are not getting the support from local financial institutions or are perhaps not large enough to get, you know, a, a, a municipal um, um, or, or more regulated issued bond. Right, right. And so do you do like, what underwriting do you do? Is it really, because I mean, you you talked about the the, the lady from the security firm in Atlanta. I mean, do you have anything to do with the underwriting process of that particular borrower or is it more that's the CDFI's role and you're investing in the CDFI? It is the latter. And it's a great question because, you know, for the listeners who are not familiar with this, this acronym CDFI, um, it stands for Community Development Financial Institution. But the easiest way to think about them is they're community lenders. They look and feel a lot like your bank, but the local bank that's out there to do good. It's not a new industry. This industry has been around for over 40 years and with a average loss rate at, for the industry of less than 1%. So if you think about who should be picking these borrowers, (laughs) it clearly should be the 40-year-old industry that's proven this decade after decade that they're excellent what they do. So when we signed up for this and started building our technology, it was really to empower those incredible CDFIs to do what they do best and do it at scale. And so, no, we don't pick Jameen per se or Cindy or Jamal or some of these wonderful entrepreneurs that we end up funding that is absolutely the CDFI's job that is on the ground, meeting with them, understanding their business, understanding their profile, and making that assessment. What we're doing is funding at the CDFI organizational level to make sure that they are getting the capital in the seamless way that they need to continue to do those types of high-impact loans. Right. But if you're if you're doing, particularly on the bespoke side, I imagine, if you, you've got like a, a pension fund or an endowment or whatever, so they want, they want to invest just in this particular problem, mm-hmm. then I imagine you, you, address, you go to a CDFI that addresses that particular problem. Is that right? right. Or, do you, or do, I mean, some CDFIs would, direct, would address multiple different problems. Do you, do you say, right, this money needs to go to this problem? Is that how it works? Precisely. That's right. And so that money is actually earmarked, targeted, working, going to work for that specific part of what the firm is doing. Right, right. And so are you, what, can you just maybe talk about the investor side? I mean, you, you, it seems like you're open to individual investors, but I imagine um, just from what you've been saying, it's, it's, it's really more of an institutional focus and that, that, that makes sense. But just tell us a little bit about the investor side of the business. Yeah, absolutely. So the you know, main investors we work with today are large institutions, so to your point. So large corporations, large foundations, banks, who are looking to do more efficient investments on the cash and fixed income side, right? Many of them are saying, I'd love to put dollars into community, right? Or I'd love to move cash into minority deposit institutions. How do you do that at scale? And I can tell you, this is an industry that has been manual <laughs> for right. decades. 
And so for us to bring technology to the table, to bring automation and analytics and say, we can mobilize millions, if not billions of dollars in a very efficient, impactful, traceable way, right, is, is a big step up for these organizations that, again, have shown interest over the years to do something like this. But the friction points around actually deploying those dollars and then measuring those dollars has often felt insurmountable. So today we work with, like I said, a lot of and large foundations like Sierra Club and others. But we also do have a, um, a great online platform for individuals um, who are just wanting to, to take a step into this and say that their cash and fixed income can still create, you know, meaningful returns and meaningful impact. And, and it's, you know, a, a certainly a place to start. And so, so what, what, what kind of returns are we talking about? You've got the you know, for the say for a cash account, obviously this is going to be a really a low interest FDIC and everything FDIC insured is low interest today. So, can you what what are the um, the cash account and for the what was it the promise account was that the the one that was uh, the higher yield one. Yeah, so so on the loan fund side, um, we have instruments and our oldest instrument called the flagship fund, which is providing a 2.75% return. Um, it's a 30-month instrument, 30-month maturity with quarterly liquidity, right? Um, so so pretty competitive, as you can tell in the market, um, in terms of both liquidity and, and yield. Uh, and again, 100% impact. Um, I will say that, you know, that we've been offering that um, instrument for years and have had zero losses, zero defaults, zero late payments to give you a mm-hmm. sense of the performance of these of these vehicles. And then on the flip side, we have cash, right? So that's a great fixed income example. On the flip side, we have the promise account, which is our cash solution. And that's, again, mobilizing your cash into these um, really impactful, strong community banks, um, CDFI banks, credit unions, minority departments institutions. And that's paying out between 30 and 40 bips today. Right, right. Okay, that makes sense. So what is the legal structure, if I may, just for a second? Are these, like particularly for the individuals is what I'm really thinking about. Are these like reggae, reggae plus offerings? Or what is what are you actually doing on the on the legal side of things? Yeah, they're both reggae and reg D, depending on whether you're accredited or not accredited. Okay. Okay, great. So, you know, obviously 2020 was a pretty unique year, particularly for someone like yourself, I imagine. Obviously we had the pandemic, but maybe more importantly, we had the Black Lives Matter movement and so much more awareness, uh, corporations, individuals, all across uh, across the spectrum of, you know, things that, you know, we there seems to be a tipping point where people have gone from saying, we need to do something about this, but to really like, now is the time we actually need to act. And so, how has that impacted your business? Yeah, well, you can imagine it is very positively impact our business. You know, what we, what we have created from day one was a vehicle to instill more racial justice and economic justice in this country. And so the fact that the discussion of we do not live in equitable society, the fact the you know, conversation around not every individual has a fair shot at financial freedom <laughs> and how do we level that playing field, you know, that conversation wasn't, being, wasn't happening as frequently as openly even a couple of years ago. But to your point, 2020 was definitely a, a, a landmark year where we finally got to have that conversation more openly, um, more freely and seeing new actors have that conversation, you know, seeing folks, you know, corporations that that perhaps had employees that cared about the issue, but at the highest levels, perhaps we're not having that conversation. You know, we're seeing some of the foundations that were more community focused 
or thematic focused and thought that, you know, perhaps racial justice, you know, wasn't an area they had to play are now going, wait a minute, maybe that's something we should look at in terms of how our theme interacts with that. And so it really is an exciting time that this conversation of inequity is happening across the map. And what we're most excited about is the ability to deliver it at scale, right? For those organizations, institutions that are saying, yes, we stand for greater racial justice. Yes, we stand for more diversity and inclusion. How do we do something about it? And how do we do something visibly, authentically, and at scale? And again, we're just proud that we've been able to create that technology to make it very easy to step into that. Yeah, yeah, I imagine that because uh, people don't want to. People, p- people know they want to see actual results. They want to see actual change that that is being brought by 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 their money. And I think that's uh, that is one of the great things that, that, that you guys are offering. So, I'm I, you know, I'm curious about the. I mean, during this year, you you you've you know, you got, how are you getting the word out, and how did it change in in 2020? Because you know, we first chatted it was several years ago when you were just when you were getting going, and you know, I, I'd love to know kind of what changed as far as getting the word out for you guys. Absolutely. Well, I think you know, first and foremost, obviously, we have a, a, a wonderful uh, biz dev and advisory team that is fantastic just in terms of creating those great connections um, and really meeting people where they're at. Because we do find as um, institutions are stepping into that, there's some who find that, you know, start me at FDIC insured. You know, I need to make sure that every last dollar is is federally protected if I'm going to step into that. Great. We're happy to do that. And we find others are much ready to to embrace a little bit more risk and say, no, actually, I want to do a bespoke note because we really want to walk the walk on a certain theme. And so, you know, that I, I give a lot of credit to our team for really being able to meet those clients and prospective clients where they're at. But I will also say, Peter, one of our most successful strategies, honestly, has been word of mouth. Mm -hmm. Um, I do think the experience for clients is so powerful. And you alluded to this, you know, in a world where those of us who've considered values aligned investing often end up with our advisor or with our, you know, our team members into this kind of esoteric conversation of whether or not my portfolio is actually having an impact and how many women are on those board and what was the corporate, you know, um, offering last year. In fixed income and cash, it's a lot more straightforward. In the world that we play in, it is not a question of whether your money made impact, it's where it went. And we can show you that trail to say, when you gave us that $5 million, here's where it went and here's who it affected and here's what it built. And so the direct impact and the measurability of it and the stories we get to tell around fixed income and cash are so palpable that we find a lot of our clients experience that and end up coming back for more and end Mm -hmm. up telling their friends. And so that's been, I think, a really exciting part of the journey is, is I don't think fixed income and cash were appreciated as a real opportunity, not just on the impact side, but on the competitive return side, right? Mm -hmm. Our ability to unlock these asset classes is not just good for the community. It's excellent for your portfolio as measured by our track record and the returns that we're delivering. And so I think, again, once you have that experience, we like to say the market speaks, right? And those that are coming back for more and sharing it with their colleagues for us is is the greatest proof of this being the right direction. Right, right. That makes sense. So, so then are you also open to individuals through retirement accounts like IRAs? Is that is that available? Um, Yeah, we are not yet working on the retirement front. It's certainly something we're very interested in. 
you know, there's been a lot of change in the retirement industry, both culturally and legislatively. And so we're just keeping abreast of that and now engaging in some new conversations. Um, we are seeing a lot of pressure from both, you know, the top as well as employees saying we want this. And so we are very excited and very prepared to step into that. But no, historically, that is not the place that we focused. Right, right. Okay. Okay. So I want to talk about your funding round from last month. This sort of, you know, this is what the catalyst for this conversation. I, I saw the news and I thought, oh, I need to get back in contact with uh, with Kat again. And, uh, and so tell us about the funding round. What was... Uh, you had you've got a, some some good names there that have invested with you. How was how was that process? Yeah, absolutely. So as you can imagine, we saw 2020 take off, um, and we're so excited to see how many new players were stepping into this type of impactful investing. Um, and it was a real growth opportunity for us. We were getting more calls and more interest than we could handle, um, and so that's really where we went after this next funding round of how do we really catalyze this growth in a meaningful way. Um, and so we brought in obviously some of our earlier investors who signed up for, for the next phase. And to your point, some really exciting new investors um, that saw the opportunity from a financial lens and from a financial services lens of this is clearly where the industry is going. And yet, where is the innovation around cash and fixed income? And so I think it was a, a nice marriage for all of us and just continue to see their support um, as we move into this year. Right, right. So then can you explain then what is your business model exactly? How, how are you making money? Are you taking money on the spread or what, what, what do you do? Yeah, we have we have obviously the product side of our business that where we do take money on the on the spread, um, as well as customation custom fees, right? When we curate and customize um, products, and then on the flip side, on the software side, more customary kind of software service fees. Okay, okay, and then then what about scale? I mean, you, you you've can you give us some sense of uh, uh, of the scale you guys are at today? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so we're now working with over sixty large institutions across the country and actually across the globe now um, in order uh, to mobilize their fixed income and cash. And, and many of them household names like um, MasterCard and, and Sierra Club and others. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then what, what about f- with your team? I mean, I know that I think you're based in San Francisco, right? Or in the Bay Area. Proud yeah. uh, uh, to be based in Oakland, California. Oakland, sorry, not San Francisco. Yes. <laughs> and, and, if you're, and is your team distributed around the country or I mean, it looks like you're, you're working from home. Is that, uh, how, is that what, what your team has been doing, I imagine, this, this past few months? Absolutely. Yeah. So we were a pretty distributed team before this, Um, you know, and some of the other companies I've run, I've always felt that, you know, there's real power in actually having diversity in voices, diversity in perspective, um, diversity in location. So that was our, that was pretty much our strategy from day one, Um, obviously set up a pretty connective team. And then, so when we had to all move into not working from, you know, either our office or our cafes, but working from home, fortunately there weren't as many bumps. You know, but I will say, like every team out there, right, you know, the importance of just, you know, keeping that connectivity, keeping that alignment with what we're trying to achieve, and then really just taking care of your team, right, the self-care piece of this and making sure that, you know, everybody is first and foremost, you know, weathering this um, from a personal, physical and mental health perspective well. Um, so I think that's that's really been our, our focus, you know, last year and, and going into this year is is we are only as good as our team. And so they they are of of utmost importance for me and I'm sure for many of the folks listening. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So... Um, so we are recording this on uh, on January thirteenth, pretty close to the start of the year. We've got the whole twenty twenty one in uh, in front of us. What are your goals for for C Note this year? 
Yeah, I mean, I think continued growth um, and leadership in this space. You know, I think we we see this as just an incredible opportunity for both us, but also for our clients, right? Who are really moving aggressively into this into this market. So I would say market leadership using our technology, using our vast database, using our expertise to really make this the industry standard for responsible vesting in cash and fixed income. Okay, well, we'll have to leave it there, Kat. It's uh, it's been great chatting with you again, and uh, I, I I appreciate the work you're doing and and all the best. Thank you so much for having me, Peter. Okay, see ya. You know, Kat and I were joking after we stopped recording that uh, you know this is this has not been an easy undertaking. This is a hard challenge to really bring this kind of platform to bear. But uh, you know, the, the events of 2020 have certainly given them some momentum and really. It's, it's getting more and more important that, that, that people want to be able to not just say, put their money to work and get a return. They want to see what impact. I mean, obviously, lots of philanthropists that have been doing that for some time. But now it's, it's more like the average, the average person wants. They don't want, just want to earn a return. They want to see what impact their money has. And that's why you know, I really am excited about what CNOTE is doing. I think even from individual investors who just want to invest a small amount of money, you can still invest and have maximum impact using technology to connect those people who want to do that to the recipients who need the money, I think that is, that, that's a noble cause and, and, and one that I think is only going to become more important as time goes on. Anyway, on that note, I will sign off. I very much appreciate you listening and I'll catch you next time. Bye. Today's episode was sponsored by Lended Fintech USA, the world's largest fintech event dedicated to lending and digital banking. Lendit's flagship event is happening online this year on April 27 to 29, with the possibility of an exclusive VIP in-person component. The verdict is in on Lender's 2020 event that was held online, with many people saying it was the best virtual event they had ever attended. Lendit is setting the bar even higher in 2021. So join the fintech community at Lended Fintech USA, where you will meet the people who matter, learn from the experts, and get business done. Sign up today at lendit.com/usa.